This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. A.C. Sparky Fighter, 1250 AM. The fan in cloudy overcast. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Misting earlier uh, today. He is Ryan Horvath in beautiful Washington, D.C. or somewhere in those suburbs out there in that area. Uh, and follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat, of course. You can also uh, check him out on BetMGM tonight, weeknights, Monday through Friday. All three are actually on the show now a day, so, which is nice. Uh, him, Nick Ashu, and Trista Crick, who's been gone for like a year. Um, so they're all together. But more importantly than that, my favorite show that he does is the Saturday Morning Show on 1250 AM. The Fan and all over the BetQL radio network at 8 AM Central Time tailgates kickoff uh, and uh, that is where you get all these great interviews Ryan does leading up to college football each and every Saturday Ryan I'm looking forward to the next show coming up uh, what will be tomorrow as we tape this on Friday morning I'm really excited too because I mean I love doing the show Um, I've always loved doing college football shows I mean I did this when I was doing student ran radio I did this with I did the college football show with Don uh, and the professor Dan Underberg as well which I always love doing. And so I just love talking college ball, but, um, and I get excited for week zero, but week zero, it's such a short, you know, sample size of games week one, a lot of blowouts. Now this week, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what the Badgers look like against Washington state. I do think they win that game. The market thinks they win that game. I'm really excited to see Notre Dame go on the road. They get their first test against North Carolina state, but I'm really, really excited for Texas and Alabama. I'm one of those people this year that's a believer in Texas. And Texas, if you go back and you watch that game, they should have beat Alabama last year, man. Quinn Ewers gets hurt in the first quarter. They end up losing that game with their backup quarterback, Hudson Card. But uh, I can't wait. That's two really good defenses. So jacked for Saturday. And I'm really excited for the NFL. Great game to kick off the season. I bet the Lions. I bet David Montgomery to score a touchdown. I had our guy MVS over on his receiving yards. Because all the Lions do is play cover zero and cover one. And uh, I won a perfect three, three and oh. Um, and I'm, I'm Jack, man. Can't wait to see what Jordan Love looks like this weekend. Stay tuned to the end of the Kurt Along podcast. Ryan will make his picks each and every Friday on you know, a college game or two that he likes, NFL game or two that he likes. And uh, you can make some money li- right along with Ryan Horvat uh, if he's right. And he's he's mostly Fingers right. Uh, yeah, he, he's mostly right. Uh, all right. So let's talk about confident, concerned, and curious. So first, we'll both do confident. Then we'll both do concerned. And then we'll both uh, do curious. Uh, let's first start with uh, confident and what we're confident in. I'm confident that Jordan Love is going to go out there and look like he's been in the league for a number of years by the way he's going to play uh, coming up uh, on Sunday afternoon. Now, does that translate to two or three touchdown passes and, I don't know, 250 yards? Probably. I think it'll probably be somewhere in that area around 250 uh, and a couple of touchdown passes. Does that translate to a win or whatever? 
we can talk about that at some point here. But for right now, I'm confident he's going to go out there and look like he's been starting in the league for a while. I don't think he goes out there and makes a lot of bad decisions and throws two or three picks and looks awful. I, I just I don't think we see that out of Jordan Love. I, I'm confident he's going to go out there and play well. Ryan Horvath, your thoughts? All right. So, um, man, I wanted to come in here and actually go with I'm confident that the Packers are going to win this game because all week long – Last two weeks, I was just going to wait on the best number and bet the Packers in this game. The problem is then I wake up yesterday and Christian Watson out of nowhere pops up on the injury report with a hamstring injury. Romeo Dobbs is already dealing with the hamstring, hamstring injury. And Sparky, we've been talking about this all summer long. Our one concern with the wide receiver room is that it's the youngest in the league. These guys are averaging, what, 23, 24 years of age. So now your number one is who? Torre? Is it Jaden Reed? Who's no, it's going to be Dobbs. Dobbs came back to Dobbs practice Thursday. So I'm providing cool. Dobbs doesn't re-injure his hamstring between now and Sunday, he should be the guy. And that's what I'm saying. I would expect Dobbs to be out there. I expect Christian Watson, hopefully, to give it a go. Or else I'm going to start having some concerns with Watson staying on the field because we can't go back to what we did last year where it was, hey, we lost this game, but we lost this game because 60% of our offensive plays were actually drawn up for Christian Watson. He was a big part of the offense this week. So, But my problem is if they're dealing with injuries, are they 80%? Are they 70%? You know what I mean? So that's my uh, – well, that – is not going to be my concern, but it is one of my many concerns. I'm confident that two guys are going to play really well on the defensive side of the ball this year. First, Kenny Clark's going to have a bounce back here. They're going to use him a different way. He's going to have some actual help on the defensive line. I think why it'll be much better a year or two. It usually takes those SEC guys that then have to like move across the country and play in cold weather a year or two. And uh, I think Kenny Clark's going to have a big year. He heard the noise. Maybe last year, like half of that team threw in the bag. I don't know what it was, but if the scheme is really going to be different with Joe Barry this year, I think Kenny Clark bounces back. He probably wants to try to get one more big deal before it's all said and done, right? And then I think uh, Rashawn Gary, even coming off a torn ACL, I keep talking about this on my show, talking about this on my show because like Brees Hall, we talk fantasy football as well, projected only six points this week. And you go back and you look in history – what running backs ever came back from a torn ACL and had a comparable season? There's like three guys, Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, and I forgot the third. So um, you look at pass rushers, there's not really that drop-off. And I think Rashawn Gary is going to have a monster year if he could play at least 15 games, 13 and a half, 15 and a half sacks. So I'm confident that Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary look like elite defensive players, all pros once again this season. Well, I, I hope they look like that week one. All right, what are we concerned about heading into this Packer-Bears uh, game this week? I think you hit on the one everybody's concerned about is, and that is uh, wide receiver depth uh, as far as if Watson can play. Now, again, Dobbs still has to get through two more days without re-injuring his hamstring, so exactly. we'll see. And hamstrings have been an issue with this Packers team for as long as I can remember. Clay Matthews with constant hamstring issues. I feel like it's always been a thing. Now, I've talked to a couple of different strength and conditioning guys that have worked in baseball that have been in out of the NFL. And they always all point to the same thing. That all goes back to your, your strength and conditioning staff and not having those guys loosened up enough or not doing enough to get those hamstrings, you know, loose and so forth, especially when you have the same player having the same issue with hamstrings. Like if it's a one-time deal and two, three years go by and you don't have it again. Okay. But if it's a one-time deal and now it pops right up again the next year, now you got to figure out, okay, so what do we have to do extra with him 
to make sure he is even more loose and more ready to go than everybody else, right? Everybody gets the same type of stuff, but certain yeah. guys, maybe you need to do extra with to make sure those hamstrings are right before they go out onto the field. It's not like he broke an ankle and there's nothing these guys could have done to prevent it. Hamstrings, most of the time, can be preventable, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but see, the thing is with these lingering issues, I go back to like Derrick Rose when I knew it was all over for him. It wasn't after he tore his ACL the first time. It was like every other week, it was something, it was like an elbow. You know, it's it's like these like little lingering things you do start to worry about. And then you look at a guy like Cooper Cup, you know, granted he's 30 years old now, but he is, uh, he has to see what a hamstring specialist. The good thing is now though, I mean, with stretching, I mean, you could see a specialist, you could get that taken care of. You just really have to take care of yourself. But everybody, I mean, there's guys that are always going to have these lingering issues. Look at like Steph Curry's always going to have ankle issues. Um, for me, concerned. So the wide receivers, concerned about that. I got two actually for you. You already know I'm concerned about the safety position. I can't believe we're doing it with Savage again. You know, I, I really like Savage's rookie year, love the pick. So I can't, gil- can't kill Goody for that one. But the last two years... He's graded out really, really bad. Who knows, though? Maybe he knows his career is on the line, and he goes out there and balls out this season. I do like Ford, but um, (laughs) if anybody becomes available, you know, everybody always talks about trading for this stud wide receiver or Jonathan Taylor. I would love to get a safety, man. I would love a Derwin James that can match up against tight ends because tight ends kill the Packers every week. There's a safety in Arizona that I believe doesn't want to be in Arizona. Buda Baker. Yeah. I'd kill for Buda Baker. He is another year older, though. But, man, that guy loves to play football, too. You saw that on that in-season hard knocks last year. My main concern, though, it is now year three, right, of doing this. My hottest take is not even a hot take. The Packers would have won the Super Bowl if David Bakhtiari didn't tear his ACL and they had him against Tampa Bay because Rodgers was running for his life that entire game. Still played really well, in my opinion. Bakhtiari, every time I'm on Twitter, every report I read, I hope to play this week. The plan is for David to play this week. Like last season, the guy couldn't stay on the field for all four quarters. Like he tore his ACL three years ago. There was fluid. Um, I mean, when he's out there, he still grades out as one of the best pass blocking tackles in the National Football League. And with a young quarterback, we're going to want him out there. So that's what I'm mostly concerned about. It's interesting because we want some trade value if we are going to get rid of him. Bakhtiari just came out and said that pretty much the whole the whole idea of having to practice during the week to play that that's all BS. You don't have to practice in, in order to play well on Sundays. He, he just no. Nah. So I, I don't think he's gonna practice all year. I don't. I, I maybe a day, a week, maybe that'll be it. He's not gonna practice. He's just gonna go out there and play. Charles Woodson never practiced. By the time he was out in Green Bay, that dude was never on the field practicing. Let me ask you a quick question. He literally only played. Let me, I don't mean to cut you off. Let me ask you one quick question. Do you think David Bakhtiari wants to be a part of this Green Bay Packers rebuild? No. No, right? No. So I get how good he is, but you got a guy that's, and this is what Green Bay always does. They always make the right decision. I always get pissed. I always want to sign guys like Corey Lindsley, TJ Lang, and Josh Sitton, but they always move away a year too soon rather than two years or a year too late. They get off those deals. If you could get a first or second round pick, Whatever the Jets want to give up for Bakhtiari, just why not do it? You know well, what I, I mean? Think, I think what you're thinking if you're the Packers is we'll win Bakhtiari over by getting off to a four and two start or five and one start. And that that'll that'll change all of this because once he realizes this is not a five win team, and I don't think he thinks it's a five win team, but if even if he thinks it's a eight win team or seven win team, well, that's not going to compete for a Super Bowl. 
But if they if he looks at the Packers midway through the year and goes, hey, he, we might be a two or a three seed in the playoffs here. We we might actually we might actually have a chance here in the playoffs. You know, we'll see what happens against Philadelphia or whatever, but maybe then all of a sudden, as you termed it, rebuild, that goes out the window. That you no longer say rebuild if if you're going to the playoffs and you've got 10 wins, 11 wins on the season. Oh no, all I'm saying is if if he's not going to be able to play 60, 70% of the games this season, if he's not going to be able to play four quarters, like I don't want to see this crap where Bakhtiari like doesn't start the game all of a sudden you're like is that Bakhtiari and he's there in the third quarter for two drives and you don't see him the rest of the game like that doesn't make sense this isn't basketball and so what I'm saying is you know if he's not if if these concerns are still there is he gonna play is he not gonna play he doesn't want to practice like do you think he's he has those comments to the New York media I don't need to practice to play. Yes. I think he'd be out there. I don't know, man. Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not questioning his effort because he's awesome. And I love yes. Bakhtiari. He's one of my favorite players. I'm team Bakhtiari Rogers. Like I love these guys, obviously. But what I'm saying is, you know, if, if you still have concerns about this injury. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now is the best value you're ever going to get for David Bakhtiari because the Jets are desperate and Rodgers is his boy. You know what I mean? So like, I'll tell you who else. Kansas City might be desperate too with as bad as their offensive line played. Thank you. And th- <laughs> this is what I'm saying, right? So I think the Packers could still win. I, I don't think like trading David Bakhtiari, I think maybe like would be maybe worth like one win, if even. I still, I mean, he's barely been on the field like the last couple of years and they've won games. He, he's yeah. not the reason they're losing games. So that's all I'm saying is if you could – I don't know. I just I question how how much he wants to be there. And yeah, for sure, me, maybe you can put him over, but right for me, my other concern besides yeah. depth of wide receiver, and you could argue it should be the biggest concern in this football game. You didn't mention it, but it's containing Justin Fields from running the football. You can't have Justin Fields run for 150 yards against you in the game on Sunday. So whether that's Quay Walker spying Justin Fields or whatever they're going to do, but if okay, so we get pressure coming from the corners here, we come up the field and. Whoop, there he goes down the middle for 20 yards. Yeah, he might not hit the broad side of a barn with a football, but if he's running all over the football field, that's going to be a very, very dangerous proposition. So for me, to me, the, the biggest key in this game is do not let him run for 100, 150 yards on the ground. If you do that, you should have every opportunity to win this football game, right? Yeah, you know what's funny, man, is like you kind of get an idea of what – like what could happen, what's going to happen just from when you look at like the, the betting numbers. And last night I was talking about this, Justin Fields rushing yards, only 56 and a half. That's the prop against the Packers. I know like knowing the Packers, don't you feel like that comes in the first half? But I think what that's telling you is 
like a lot of insiders, a lot of smart people expect this Packers defense to be much better, to be much better against the run. It's not only or, just press clippings of what Kenny Clark and the guys are saying, which is all the right things. Like, it's just this defense is good. It's Joe Barry has been that bad. And injuries. Losing Rashawn Gary sucks. And then you lose Stokes last year. And you're and then uh, you know all of a sudden you're playing guys out of position. The safety play has been bad. Preston Smith regressed last year. He's also another year older. Kenny Clark wasn't very good last year. But this is a defense that's built for the modern-day National Football League, right? Like we talk about, oh, they're 26, 27 DVOA against the run. They're not built to stop the run. They're, they were built – this defense was built with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback or even Jordan Love and, you know, a really good offensive line, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, a team that's going to score points and play with some leads. And last year they just never built any leads and the offense couldn't sustain drives. So it's really hard to – like if you go back and watch last season, crap on the defense and be like the defense is terrible – I mean, sure, it's so frustrating that it's been the same issue since 1994. We can't cover any tight end. Like Austin Hooper, you're like, wait, he's still in the league. And then before you know it, he's got seven grabs, 155 yards, and two touchdowns. But the defense, it's hard to put it all on him. Rodgers was awful last year. The offense was awful. And it was three and out after three and out. And, um, you know, Rodgers threw more picks than he had since his rookie year. So that was uh, that was okay. my main takeaway. Is that I think the defense is going to be much better. And I think that's what – that's what uh, we all expect. So I don't know how worried you have to be about Justin Fields. I, I'm running. Gonna right. I'm going to take an, a different view on what you took on why the number is so low. What if the insiders are hearing rumblings of they're going to go back to doing it how they started last year? Remember, Justin Fields wasn't running. They were pocket pocket yeah. guy, throw the football, pocket quarterback. And now they've got DJ Moore and they're all excited about what they got. And here we go. He's going to prove he can throw the football and we're going to come out and throw it and only run if you absolutely have to. If that's what they're going to do with Lou Getze, because remember, it took Getze half a season to figure this out. If they go back to that, then he might not run for 56 yards. If that's going to be the strategy of we're going to prove to the league you can throw the football which is moronic if that's what they're going to do. But if that's what they're going to do, Packers are definitely going to win this football game. Okay. And and that's, yeah, that's another good point right there. Like with Baltimore this year, just really quick to compare. I think Lamar is going to be in the pocket a lot more than people think. I think Agreed. it's going to look like the Louisville offense. It's going to be a lot of 11 personnel. And I know this because we saw this, this preseason, we just didn't see Lamar. We saw Snoop Huntley running it and uh, you know, um, Anthony Brown running it before he was cut. But uh, with Chicago, yeah, in a perfect world, they run that. But the thing is, is Lamar, we've seen like Lamar throw 38 touchdown passes in a season with, you know, not the best weapons and win an MVP. I don't get the Lamar hate and knock. He's a good quarterback. Like he gets hurt. That's his issue. I don't know, man. Like I'm a Justin Fields fan. You know this, but I go back, I watch these preseason games and I still question like, is he not, is he just a one read quarterback? That was the knock on him at Ohio State is, you know, he never, like, can he make the progressions? And Green Bay secondary, so this is this comes down to how is Joe Barry going to let these guys play? Are they going to play more on-ball man press coverage? We actually had Andy Herman on uh, BetMGM tonight. You should go out and check our podcast. While you're there, actually, like, subscribe, review, five-star review. <laughs> and uh, He never does that for Curtin Long, ever. He's never said that once for this podcast. But I, do it every, I say it every night. I say it every night. Every review, five-star review. You've never said that on this podcast, ever. I just got an email from management that I need to plug stuff more. I don't think these things off the top of my head. I'm thinking like, is Tulane going to ruin my weekend by covering against my boys from Old Miss? But even Andy said the same thing. You know, like they had these exit interviews and 
Joe Barry asked what they wanted to do, but now is, is Joe Barry going to allow them to do what they want to do? And what I want them to do is I want to see DJ Moore uh, taken out of the game plan by Jair Alexander. Agreed. I wish we had Stokes. You don't, but then you have Rasul Douglas on Mooney. Who else? Just play man coverage, man, because who else scares you? Chase Claypool. Last I saw Chase Claypool, he was like wearing a dress in Paris, like in, in a fashion thing. I, is he playing? They hate him. I, I do like Cole Komet uh, more than most. I wouldn't have given him $52 million. And he's not going to run away from Quay Walker. He's not that type of athlete. I mean, that's he's not Luke Musgrave fast. That's what I'm saying. So um, I don't know how much Justin Fields is staying in the pocket against the secondary. I'm betting Justin Fields rushing yards over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would do the same thing, but yeah. maybe maybe I'm a sucker for that one too. Okay, so those are concerns. Curious. Last one. And we're going to do this every Friday. Can I put a concern? Curious. It's like we did a big show back in the day. Okay, curious. Peter Bukowski, who we'll talk more about uh, in a little bit, uh, uh, the founder of the, the Leap uh, newsletter, talking Packer football, uh, him and Jason Hershorn, uh, tweeted out that he thinks that if Watson doesn't play, that this is going to be a game where Luke Musgrave just kind of goes off his first game as a rookie. Uh, and I tweeted back and I was like, mm, okay, I think that it's Malik Heath. I think that's the dude that's going to end up blowing up here uh, and getting a lot of run, even more than Samari Toure, opposite of Romeo Dobbs. I think Malik Heath is the guy. So I'm curious to see what wide receiver or tight end steps up and starts getting those targets. And maybe Watson would have had, but since Watson isn't playing, somebody else now gets a spotlight on them outside of Romeo Dobbs. I'm curious to see who it is. I think it's going to be Heath. Bukowski thinks they're going to drop some specific stuff for Musgrave to kind of make him more of a focal point. What say you, Ryan Horvath? See, and I always hate answering these questions when it comes to rookies, right? Like even last night or yesterday, every radio hit, it was like, Hey, what can we expect from Sam Laporta? What can we expect from Jameer Gibbs? And I had no idea how to answer those questions. And, you know, we saw, yeah, you figured the Lions were going to use Gibbs as a, you know, a, a pass catching running back. And he had seven carries in that game, only caught a couple balls, only had what, two receptions. But Laporta looked really good, man. He caught all five of his targets, had 39 yards, was a big part of that offense. And I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if this is how Green Bay is going to use Musgrave. So, um, I think I I would agree there. I, I think that he should have a big game, but it's just so hard to predict that because he's a rookie, you know, and we're so used to Aaron Rodgers for literally like the last two decades where he didn't trust these kids. Jordan Love has no other choice, you know what I mean? But how are they going to use Josiah DeGuara in this offense? Because isn't that Roger or Rodgers? Isn't that Jordan Love's guy? Like, don't they have some sort of connection? So wouldn't he be the... I don't know, man, but I would I would assume that that's why you drafted Musgraves, right? To use him in this role, and so I'm hoping that he does have a monster game because that's the that's the thing on the offensive side of the ball. I'd say I'm most excited for this year. I mean, I preferred Michael Mayer, although I know like why teams didn't want Michael Mayer, and uh, but this team hasn't had a tight end that we could trust since. Jared Cook for one year. Jermichael Finley was the last really reliable tight end. So I'm really excited to see if he could be that guy, if it's Tucker Kraft that's going to be that guy. I'm not a believer in Josiah DeGuara. I don't think he is that guy. I think he's more of like that super back, fullback type role anyway. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking to look, what I'm going to be looking out for is who steps up in that tight end room. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's move on to topic number two. Peter Bukowski, as I mentioned earlier, uh, had a tweet the other day. And 
as, as I, I tweeted out, uh, when he tweeted out, I, I never really thought of or considered what he had uh, tweeted out. This was the tweet. You'll never convince me the NFL shouldn't have and ones. If you hold me and I get a sack, the penalty isn't declined. It's added. You interfere with a wide receiver and he makes a catch anyway. 15 yards added to the end of the play. Why should you not still have the foul count? That's Peter Bukowski. I think it's brilliant. I'm in. Count me in. If I throw a 15-yard pass and Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson catch the ball and it's pass interference on the defense, then that penalty should get added on to wherever they caught the ball. Instead of just declining the penalty, no, we'll just, no. Like, just add the yards on to that play. No question. If somebody gets held but still gets a sack, then march him back even farther for the holding call. I love that wrinkle. Absolutely love that wrinkle because then penalties are even more damaging to a team than they were before. And you reward the player playing through getting held, playing through a pass interference and still being able to make a big play. Now that guy gets even more of the benefit and a pat on the back for being able to come up with that, that big play. I, I love the idea myself and I never thought of it. And I'm mad at myself that I never thought of it, but that's, that's brilliant. According that that's brilliant. As far as I'm concerned, Ryan Horvath. You and guys like you and Pete Sparky, you'd let them redo the Mona Lisa, wouldn't you? Uh, I No, I think it's ugly. I hate any change to any rule in the National Football League and college football. I hate conference realignment. I just hate any change. I hate it even when, even when the uh, Saints got absolutely hosed in the NFC Championship game, right? And everybody's like, we got to review pass interference. How did that end up working out that one season? Not very well. So, yeah. True. Sure. Mm-hmm. They could try this in the XFL or the USFL, but I don't like it. I don't like any rule changes. Do not mess with my football. Do not mess with my rules or my national football league. I hate actually, and that's the other thing. I hate having to every year check the new rules. Like this year, the college football clock rule, I think, is the stupidest thing ever because – the games are still long as hell. If you want to shorten up the games, you got to get rid of the best part of college football. College football games are going to be long. That's what a Saturday is. You sit on the couch your entire day, right? But like, if you want to shorten up the games, you got to take away the 30-minute halftime. All that this is doing is probably costing them ad revenue. These games are still taking forever, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't like it. Uh, I I'm all for it. And you sound like Gary Ellerson who also didn't like any change to, yes. to his game. He didn't like the extra point being moved back two point conversion, everything yeah. that they've done to try and make it more entertaining and more drama filled. Gary has been uh, against uh, all along, but like Gary Ellerson, Ryan Horvath, I will simply say, even if they did what Peter Bukowski is suggesting and that I'm a big supporter of doesn't matter. Why? Well, know why? Because everybody's going to watch anyhow. Y'all may complain. Y'all may throw a fit. But you're still going to bet on the NFL. And you're still going to watch the NFL at the end of the day. So they they can do no wrong. Because nobody's going anywhere. The NFL is king and they know it. Why mess with anything? Why change anything, though? Because of that reason. They're king. So why even screw up the product? See, but I don't. it, It all depends if you think it's screwed up or not. I think adding the yards to the extra point helped the product because now there's a little bit more drama to guys possibly missing extra points. We saw it last year, right? The two-point conversion, that adds a little bit more drama to it as well. Think about this. If I get a big play downfield 
and the guy catches the ball and he gets another 15 yards for pass interference, that 20-yard play becomes a 35-yard play. That's a huge deal at the end of a half with, I don't know, five seconds to go in the half or something like that. And all of a sudden, maybe you're in field goal territory because of that additional penalty that gets added onto a pass interference and catch. I It adds a different element. I get where we don't want to change anything, but I, yes. again... I absolutely love it. All right, let, let's let's move on here. Uh, Ryan Horvat, your picks. College and the NFL, you can go in whatever order you like, and then we'll call it another episode of Curtin Long. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'll give a couple bonus ones here because I'm actually going to be off on this fine Friday night, which this will be the only Friday I take off during football season, and it's only because it's Nathan's 10th birthday, and this is a big one for us. A decade of a dad. That's what I'm going to make my T-shirt say. A decade of being a dad. Uh, let's start with one I'm going to go against the market. I'm actually going to join the Joes against the pros. Notre Dame, and this is not a homer pick because I bet against Notre Dame a lot, especially in big games. But I don't like Dave Doran, head coach of North Carolina State, who ran Devin Leary out of town. He's at Kentucky now. They have Brendan Armstrong, but you wouldn't have known it if you, if, you, know, if you, you go back and you watch NC State, who barely beat UConn, by the way, week one. They won that game 21-14. to 14. But Notre Dame, Sam Hartman's the real deal, man. He didn't even have to play in the second half last week. He's completed more than 80% of his passes the first two weeks. The offense has been really crisp. And I get why people like NC State. You're going to hear a lot of people bring up that Sam Hartman in his time at Wake Forest struggled against North Carolina State and their defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson, who's still there. But that was at Wake Forest where he's running the mesh offense. You know, he's got no time in the pocket with that offensive line. He's got no running game. He threw six picks in his last two games against NC State. But this Notre Dame offensive line is their strength. Also, their run game has been ridiculously good this season. Audric Estime is averaging five yards after initial contact. And NC State's down a tick on defense this season. They only brought back five starters. Like I said, last week they were giving up explosive runs against UConn. Uh, So give me Notre Dame here. If you don't trust Notre Dame to cover a spread, I completely uh, understand. But I would look at maybe their team total. I think they're at least going to score some points against uh, NC State. I am going to go against everybody here, and I am going to bet Nebraska plus three and a half against Colorado. So Colorado could win this game by 40, and I'm still on the right side. It's an eight-and-a-half-point adjustment, right? Like, hear me out. What Dion's doing is great because he did it the way that you should do it. He surrounded himself with a bunch of smart football people because Dion could go into any living room in America and recruit. He's the ultimate hype man. We saw that after that game. Sean Lewis, though, is the brains of the operation, the offensive coordinator. He's going to be a head coach here soon from Kent State. He outcoached Kendall Bryles, outcoached the whole TCU staff, Sonny Dykes included. Um, But, man, like, TCU wins that game if they don't drop – Chandler Morris back 42 times and allow him to get picked twice. And to be honest, Nebraska probably beats a pretty good Minnesota team on the road if they don't allow Jeff Sims to throw three picks. They're averaging five yards per carry. I think Nebraska's going to run the ball, so I like Nebraska. My favorite college football bet – actually, let me throw you uh, one local one since we are a Wisconsin podcast. Let's talk really quickly Washington State, uh, Wisconsin. Tons of line movement. Wisconsin's probably going to close around a touchdown favorite here, you know. Uh, last week, I bet the under. We talked about this. It closed exactly on the number. Some people even lost the bet. I'm sorry if you did. If it closed at 54, that's my bad. Tanner Mordecai <laughs> looked really bad in the spring. He threw four picks in the spring game. And then he looked kind of shaky again here uh, week one against Buffalo. 
I, I, like I said, man, I'm going to keep betting unders because I know they want to be this run and shoot offense. But when you have Malusi and Braylon Allen both averaging over 10 yards per carry, and this is where you hit Washington State's defense right up the middle, please, for the love of God, especially in the fourth quarter with a 10 point lead, we don't need to pad Tanner Mordecai's stats and prove to everybody, you know, Phil Longo, that we're this passing offense. We can prove that when we get a five star quarterback. Mordecai's an upgrade over Graham Mertz. You know what I mean? Like the same way that. I don't want to say anything rude. Anyway, last one. Last one for you. My favorite bet, although there's a little bit of line movement. Old Miss. We're going to take Old Miss minus seven or seven and a half this weekend. I just, I don't think that they're getting enough love this season. I really like Lane Kiffin. They had nine starters back on offense. Jackson Dart threw four touchdown passes. Then they brought in Spencer Sanders, who left Oklahoma State. He's the number two passer in school history. He's the backup there. He threw for 150 yards. They played all three of their quarterbacks. Offensively, you can't game plan for Ole Miss. And I like Tulane, and I know they beat USC in that bowl game, but Ole Miss is really good defensively this year, and uh, I love what they did in the portal. And their quarterback, Michael Pratt, all beat up for Tulane. So I like Ole Miss. I think they should be at least 10-point favorites. NFL, couple dogs. I wanted to give out the Packers, but I, until I see this injury report, I'm holding off. I like uh, my favorite bet this weekend is the Steelers, actually, plus three against the 49ers. I love everything I've seen from the Steelers in training camp and in the preseason. Kenny Pickett last year couldn't connect on deep balls. This year, five of seven in the preseason on passes that travel 10 or more yards. Pickens is a true deep threat. And that's the one area. Like San Francisco's defense is perfect against the run, against short passes, but they don't have great corners. They have some injuries already, and you could hit them deep. And the Steelers' offense, can't believe I'm saying this, looks pretty good year two under Kenny Pickett with Matt Canada as the play caller. And the defense is going to be healthy. I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy. Check this out. Because Ashu, my my co-host, loves Purdy. And I'm like, I need a bigger sample size, man. 40% of Brock Purdy's passes last season, Sparky, were at the line of scrimmage or like five yards, or behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, 40%. That's the San Francisco offense. Get rid of the ball quickly. It's all about yak. So the Steelers, they don't allow that. They get up, they play press coverage. I don't I don't think Purdy's going to beat them deep. And the Steelers are pretty good against the run. And TJ Watt is a beast when he's out there. So I like the Steelers. I'm also going to take the Browns if I could get a plus three against Cincinnati. Joe, Joe Burrow's been out like the entire summer. And he's played like crap against the Browns all five times. I think the Browns are going to be pretty good. They spent a bunch of money on the defensive line. You know that Darius Smith's going to try until at least week week six. So I like them as dogs. And then the one favorite I like is the Chargers. I like the Dolphins this season later on when they get Jalen Ramsey back, if they get him back. But right now they're beat up in the secondary. They're going to start Eli Apple and the Chargers. You know, why I like them this year. You got Kellen Moore calling plays and they're going to throw the ball down the field. Last year, Justin Herbert, who has literally the strongest arm in the National Football League, was 40th in the league in intended air yards under Joe Lombardi for whatever reason. Kellen Moore is telling you right now they're going to throw the ball deep, and that's where Miami, I think, is going to struggle until Jalen Ramsey comes back. And they got Vic Fangio taking over, a new system. Chargers are going to be healthy on the defensive side of the ball for the first time in a decade. So Chargers minus three, Browns plus three, hopefully. Steelers is my big bet. We like Ole Miss in college football, Ah, Notre Dame in college football. We like the Badgers under. And our bonus pick, Texas, plus seven and a half against Alabama. They should have beat them last year if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. 
I, I really did appreciate all of those picks. And I really appreciated how you worked in Badger conversation throughout the college part of it. Dave Dorn, former uh, Badger coach. Sean Lewis, former Badger player. So there yep. was a lot of uh, Wisconsin connections there put together by Ryan Horvath just for you folks here on Curd and Long. We'll do it again uh, coming up uh, next week. Make sure to check it out. Bears, Packers, uh, and I'm still going Packers to win. Even if Watson doesn't play, I, I, again, spreads and all that stuff. I don't know. That's Ryan Steele. That's not my deal. I'm just saying straight up win. I, I think they still figure out a way uh, to win because you talk about, you know, intended air yards uh, and what Justin Herbert was doing or whatever. That's essentially what Justin Fields has done all of preseason throw laterally and then watch guys break tackles and run up field. So I, I'm, I, I'm just not sold. I'm not there. So unless he runs for a ton of yards, I think the Packers get this win. Uh, and I feel pretty comfortable uh, with that Horvath. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking Packers 27, 24. I just don't feel confident enough to bet like a thousand dollars on it or anything until, until though Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are ruled in. No, I mean, also green Bay took like a huge, huge, huge amount of money. So I thought we were going to get like them as three point dogs. Instead, they may close as favorites in this game. People like green Bay, all the professional gamblers like green Bay a lot. They like Jordan love. It's year three in the system. You know, it's, it's not like freaking. uh, Tanner Mordecai is coming in there to take over Desmond Ritter. Like Jordan Love is, is pretty good. I have him right now. I have Jordan Love better than yep. 11, like probably 10 quarterbacks that are going to start week one. Next week, I want to get into maybe Wednesday because obviously Monday's podcast will be all about uh, the Packer Bear game. But maybe Wednesday, there was a chart put out on Twitter that I saw of the starting quarterback ages around the National Football League and where Jordan Love ranks among starting quarterbacks at age 24 uh, comparing him to the rest of the league while he has sat for three seasons, right? Three seasons. Uh, and he has 24 going into the season. So we'll talk about that too. Ryan Horvath, can't wait to talk about Packer bears and hopefully a Packers victory. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a good one. Don't forget Ryan Horvath Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central time on your radio stations, including at 1250 uh, a.m. The fan enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.